What is up, my genius brothers and sisters? Welcome to another episode of The Genius Life. What's up, guys? It's a new week. You know what that means. Another episode of The Genius Life. I'm your host, Max Lugavere, a filmmaker, health and science journalist, and the author of the New York Times best-selling book, Genius Foods. On this episode of the show, I am super excited to welcome my good friend, David Nurse. He's the author of the new book, Pivot and Go, the 29-day mindset blueprint to redefine and achieve your success. David is a super interesting guy. He trains NBA players. He's the, he acts as their coach, uh, both in terms of mindset as well as uh, he's a shooting coach, which means that he, he knows how to shoot a basketball, which is something that I cannot say for myself. Um, he's been invited to speak in 51 different countries on topics of overall personal development, confidence building, leadership, and motivational growth. And he resides close by in Marina del Rey, California, and is married to the love of his life, the stunning actress Taylor Kalupa. I just read that off of his bio. She actually is stunning. She's a beautiful, beautiful girl. Um, this is going to be a great episode, you guys. This We go deep into mindset, how to uh, improve your confidence so that you can crush it in life. Mindset is not something that we cover often on this show, obviously, but... Uh, but you know, I put no boundaries on on living the genius life. Mindset is definitely a part of that. And um, if you've got any mental baggage holding you back, David is uh, certainly qualified for the job of helping you let go of that. And the next hour is going to be inspiring and enlivening to say the least. This episode is brought to you by my good friends at Four Sigmatic who make a line of medicinal mushroom infused elixirs and protein powders and coffees. I love their reishi, which uh, I actually drank last night. I stirred it into some hot water and it was super relaxing. Reishi is one of these mushrooms that um, there's actually a decent amount of research on uh, the reishi mushroom. It acts as an adaptogen. I've even seen some research where it can reduce uh, DHT, which is the hormone involved in androgenetic alopecia, which is another, which is the, the medical term for male pattern baldness. Um, I'm not saying that drinking Four Sigmatic reishi tea is going to reduce uh, or, or improve male pattern baldness. But, um, you know, that's cool to know. That's cool to know. That's why these mushrooms are called medicinal, baby. If you'd like to give anything that Four Sigmatic produces a try, I'm also a huge fan of their Lion's Mane infused coffees, which are uh, their instant coffees using 100% uh, organic Arabica beans, which are super delicious. And their mushroom coffees do not taste like mushrooms, in case you were wondering. They taste actually just like coffee, uh, maybe slightly uh, slightly different, but you're going to know that you're drinking coffee and you get the added boost of that lion's mane, which can potentially improve focus. Um, that's what a lot of people are reporting. And so, yeah, if you head over to foursigmatic.com slash max or use promo code max, you're going to get to save some cheddar off of their wares. You're going to get to save 15% off of anything and everything in their online store. Again, foursigmatic.com slash max promo code max, and you'll get to save 15% off. That ain't bad, you know? Now we're just seconds away from my chat with the very inspiring David Nurse. He's a he's a homie, so I'm, I'm excited for you to, uh, to listen to this. But before we get to that, I wanna give a shout out to none other than 
Maddie Brewster, who wrote this glowing review for the podcast on iTunes. Maddie wrote, Max, thank you for being such an incredible podcast host. I don't ever find myself getting distracted while listening to the conversations you have with also incredible guests. I feel like I'm sitting in the room with you. I wholeheartedly trust every piece of content you put out for your audience on podcasts, your Instagram, and of course, Genius Foods. I can personally say that you are a great resource you to have at this point in my life, being a 25-year-old female, just trying to be her healthiest and happiest self. I'm lucky to be on this journey with you. You're amazing. If you do a book tour, come to Austin, Maddie. Well, Maddie, I wish I had better news for you, but uh, I was supposed to be in Austin next week for South by Southwest to do a live recording of this podcast, The Genius Life. But as it turns out, coronavirus 2020, my plans were thwarted. But needless to say, next week is no less exciting because it is the week that my new book, The Genius Life, comes out. So please, guys, pre-order my new book. Celebrate the launch with me. If you grab my book, either if you um, pre-order it and you get it in the mail, or you go to your local bookstore, we love to support our local bookstores and tag me in a selfie with the book. I will reshare that photo um, if you tag me on social media, on my Instagram stories. So please pick up The Genius Life. It would mean the world to me. It's the number one way right now that you can support the podcast so that I can continue to bring you potentially life-changing episode after a potentially life-changing episode, week after week, it would really mean the world to me. Um, and uh, I'm not being hyperbolic. I would honestly, I mean, yes, your support means a lot. And I know that uh, money can be hard to come by and a book is $25, $26, but uh, it's a small price to pay for all of the free content that um, I aim to put out every week, um, every day on social media, every week on my podcast. So yeah, that's enough for me. Now, without further ado, I'm excited to get into this chat with David Nurse. Let's rock. All right, here we go, David Nurse. What's up? Max. Yo, thanks for being on the podcast. Appreciate you having me over here. Dude, well, I'm excited to, uh, to introduce my audience to you because you're a pretty cool guy, and um, you've Thank accomplished you. a lot in your, in your youthful age. Um, and... Uh, and yeah, so you've got this new book, Pivot and Go. I'm super excited. Yeah, thank you. Well, you should definitely be my hype man, number one. <laughs> and um, yeah, just uh, got the book, Pivot and Go Out, my first book that I wrote. I mean, I come from a background of just primarily teaching and coaching NBA players. That's been my, my focus for the last 10 years has been how do I help NBA players go from great to amazing. Hmm. So I'm taking that little extra step of how to get there and how to create it on a way that they can continue to have these type of breakthroughs to reach their full potential. And what I've seen is that it, it helps NBA players to have develop this mindset because literally before anything you can do on court or optimization wise, the mindset is literally everything. Hmm. Mindset and developing their confidence. And what this book is, is basically a blueprint, a 29-day mindset blueprint to develop pretty much unshakable confidence is what I call it. That's amazing. But like once these guys are already in the NBA, you'd think that they'd be the most confident people in the world. You're saying that's not always the case? Yeah, it's not always the case. It's definitely not the case. And that's, that's the trick. I mean, they're very, very talented, but it's also they're, they're performing on the biggest stage every night with eyes on them all the time, and they're just getting nitpicked here and there. And if, if they miss a shot, then maybe they get taken out, and millions of dollars are on the line. So their confidence, what it, it shouldn't be, but just like all of us, it's, it always, always wavers. Sometimes you don't feel like you're supposed to be where you're at, or you shouldn't be, or these NBA players shouldn't be uh, performing at the level that they are. 
and their confidence is, is an up and down wave, but it's how do you keep that confidence at the highest point all the time? That's like the secret sauce. That's the secret sauce. Before anything else, it comes down to confidence. Skill set, there's always going to be skill sets that are, everybody's talented at that, at that level, and no matter what you're in, no matter what uh, profession you're in, there's always going to be talent that's, that's there. But how do, you, how do you separate it? How do you do it consistently? And so it's, it's confidence and consistency. And add those together, that's the secret sauce. That's amazing. Well, I definitely want to uh, go into the method that you've developed in Pivot and Go. I'm super excited to, uh, to, to do a deep dive into that. But before we get to that, like, what's, your, what's your background? So you, you're, you function as a life coach, but then you're also like a, you're a shooting coach to these like, NBA players, which I've always thought was amazing. <laughs> yeah, so I, I started off, my, my journey was I played, and everything that I did from as young as I can remember was pouring into being able to play in the NBA. So probably my parents should have told me, hey, you're 6'2 and not very athletic. You probably should look at a different sport. But they supported it. So that's literally what I thought I was going to do. I poured everything into that, every focus into that. Even in college, I wasn't focused on, okay, what am I going to do after college? It was NBA, NBA professional basketball. And so I get to play overseas after college. I play professionally in Australia, Greece, and Spain. And it's it, it sounds cool, but it's re it really wasn't like the professional professional. I'm playing in Spain and it's, it's the second division Spain, and these guys are more concerned with drinking beers at halftime <laughs> or what club they're going to go to after the game. Like, really not their main thing. Meanwhile, I'm over here. I'm going two-a-days. I'm studying film. I'm doing everything in-depth to give me myself the advantage. And really, I'm for, for nothing, really. And then halfway through that season, my third season overseas, I get cut from that team. So not only it, am I not able to play the game that I poured everything into, I get I get cut, everything turned on upside down on its head for a team that was trash, that was nothing. So it's literally a slap in the face. So for me, then I came back home and stayed on my parents' recliner chair for like five months just feeling bad for myself. And, and I just realized like it's everything that I put in to playing in the NBA was actually for coaching in the NBA. So all the little details, all the little extra time spent was to help teach others, help, help others reach what I thought I was going to be able to reach. So once I made that mindset pivot, and hence why Pivot and Go is the title of the book, then it, it all started to flourish. And I mean, it took a long time, that's for sure. It took, shoot, like 10 years to get to where I'm at right now, being able to train over 150 NBA players and have them come to me and work on their shots. Some of the best shooters in the NBA will come and ask for sh shooting development help. But it, it took time on just going from spot to spot, running basketball camp to basketball camp, all over living out of literally a car and an airplane for five years, training any little kid I could or any seventh grade girls basketball camp that I could do. And then gets with one NBA player, to the next, agents get involved, I go coach with the Brooklyn Nets, they come in, and everything just kind of compiles, but it, it only did so because I was able to make that mindset pivot and realize that what my gift is is not basically only for me, for my gain, but it's for, for sharing and helping these NBA players. So how do you get your, your first client? Like that seems like such a big like leap to go from sitting on your parents, you know, lazy boy, you know, <laughs> feeling sort of down yeah, and out yeah, yeah. and then to getting that first client. Yeah. So the first client came through being a friend of mine. He was actually a teammate, teammate of mine over in Greece. So he gave me a shot and I was working him out, training him. And he brought in some other teammates. They liked it. 
They brought in some other teammates, and it just kind of it, it went from there as far as training individually. I pretty much myself just decided, hey, I'm going to run basketball camps, and I'm going to make myself the best shooting coach there is. Self-created some balls, some basketballs with, like, a line down the middle. And I know you're getting into basketball now, so you know the spin of the, bas- yeah. the ball. <laughs> no, I would not <laughs> say that I'm getting into it. I tried playing basketball, like, one afternoon. And, uh, you know, I got better over the course of the afternoon, but I suck at sports. I'm just not, like, I'm in awe of people like you, actually, because I've just – I don't have an athletic bone in my body. I like – I'm into fitness, you know, and like some might call me an athlete because I like work out and I'm like into, but no, I'm not a, I don't have an athletic bone in my yeah, body. Yeah, I, I would call that an athlete for <laughs> sure. Some, everybody would call that an athlete. Anyway, so I self-created these basketballs, these shooting basketballs from China, had them shipped to the Oakland Seaport, drove from Kansas City where I live, where my parents lived on, on their recliner chair, out to the Oakland Seaport put them all in my car and just started driving around the United States, running basketball camps, growing myself, building my own brand as the top, trying to be the top shooting coach there was. So literally, I made a decision that I was going to speak it into existence as that's what I was going to do. That was my mission that I was on. And a lot of people might look at it as like, okay, that takes a long time to get there, and it's a lot of grind, and I've been on more airplanes and sleeping in situations where you probably shouldn't be in and, and so many different things. But I never looked at it as like a burden to myself because I didn't look at the goal. Like, yeah, sure, I had a goal, but I loved like every step of it. I loved going over to South Africa to run camps or Brazil to run camps. And it's just the, the whole process in it. And then coming back full circle to how I got my first client, how do you keep gaining on those clients is – so I, ha- I had that client, Aaron Baines, and he brought in other teammates, and I just acted like I'd been there millions of times before. Like, I hadn't, but if I let them know that I hadn't been there, they'd have smelled it on me right away. Hmm. So it was having that unshakable confidence going into that situation. Wow, you faked it till you made it. Basically, yeah. And so I- at the time, did you, did you feel that you were the best shooting coach that there was? Or did you just kind of like, you know, did you like talk yourself into believing that you were, you know, like, yeah, you know what? I think that's a great question. It's, it's a little bit of both. I believed it to the point. I knew I wasn't, but I believed it to the point where I was going to keep telling myself that, that I was. And I would tell myself that I would look myself in the mirror and tell myself that every day, like literally every day would tell myself that. Cause I knew if I continued to repeat it, then I'd, I'd slowly b- believe it. Mm. It's almost like the theory of like being a pathological liar. You slowly <laughs> believe what yeah. your own lies are. <laughs> Maybe it was a lie at the time, but, and that's really how I just continue to develop it. Yeah. I mean, whether or not you're the best, like, I've never seen you shoot, but it's like, you could be the best teacher, you know, like you could be the best. It's not necessarily, you know, like whether or not you're the best shooter, but like to be able to communicate and, and present your passion to a client and, and motivate them and inspire them. I mean, that's all. And to inspire confidence within them. Yeah. I mean, that definitely is something that I feel like you, you know, who's going to be better than you? Thanks, man. That's why you're hi- my hype man. Exactly. <laughs> you're hired. Um, dude, so that's okay. And so, and so how did you, I mean, what were the tools that you used at the time? Like, have you always been as confident as you were then and as you are now? Or like what, what kind of, like, what was the turning point for you? Yeah, I think I've, I've always had it, but it's definitely been developed over time. And it's been developed through preparation after preparation after preparation. At the end of the day, confidence is developed through preparing for what you're going to be confident. I mean, you can go out there and wing it and act like you're going to be there. And sure, you'll get by. But over time, like you have to absolutely prepare and prepare and prepare. So I developed confidence and it just continued to come 
to through me being able to coach these NBA players. So I realized how important it was and like, okay, now I'm going to share with these NBA players. I went from being strictly a shooting coach and only focused on skills to now I'm 90% focused on mindset. Like I'll text NBA players that I'm working with after the game and I'll go through a series of questions with them. Uh, I'll figure out their, like I'll do personality tests with them, the Enneagram test with them. I got to figure out everything that makes them tick before I can actually help them in the skill set area that they're in. So there's different ways and different tools and I go through them a lot in the book and uh, how to develop confidence. And, and one of the ones that I really love is focusing on your strengths. Mm. So a lot of people will say, you got to make your weaknesses better. Or everybody talks about their weaknesses. But if, if you just make yourself up your weaknesses and focus on your weaknesses, then you just become average on the playing field. And if you give me someone who's just good in all areas on the basketball court, they got no chance of playing in the NBA. But if you give me someone who's great in one area and horrible in all the other areas, they could still play in the NBA. I grew up with a guy, Kyle Korver, who's one of the best shooters of all time. In, in high school, he wanted to be all around. He wanted to be an all-around player, dribble, uh, cut, defend, and he's a great shooter. Until he realized that his ticket to the NBA is shooting, 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 shooting. That's all you work on is shooting. He, he, he wouldn't have made it. And now he's played, he's 38. He's still playing in the NBA. Him and LeBron are the two oldest players playing in the NBA. Like he could go another three to four years, because wow. all he does is shoot, and all he and, it, and he just focused solely on that to become the absolute best on that. So as much as people say you want to up your weaknesses and have balance, I totally disagree. To become confident in something, to become great in something, you have to focus literally on your strengths, and that's a chapter in the book. Balance is BS. <laughs> everybody, everybody will say the eighty twenty rule, the eighty twenty rule, but it's just an excuse for. I guess, not putting all the effort into something. I mean, if you're passionate about something, you put everything into it. Like, I'm not going to love my wife 80% and then 20% of the time not, you know? I know there's different varying cases, but I, I say you go all in. Focus on your strengths and all in. Yeah, I love that you brought that up because that's what I was going to ask. Like, how can people know, how can people assess in their own lives, like my listeners, how can they assess in their own lives where it's worth you know, developing their confidence. For example, like me, like if I, if I came to you and I was like, I want to develop, I want to, I want to, yeah. David, I want to join the NBA. <laughs> Wait, you want to join the NBA? You want to develop confidence? I want to do, I want to develop confidence to join the NBA because okay. I think that I can make it. But would you look at me and be like, dude, you're just like, you know, try something else. <laughs> or would you be like, you can develop, you can, you know, let's cultivate that. Well, Max, I saw your jumper and you got a chance. You definitely <laughs> have a shot. Well, no, I mean, there's definitely circumstances that come into play, especially when in the NBA. I mean, you really, like, you got to be athletic. You have to be a certain height. It's just, just kind of the way it is. But if you really passionately wanted to give it a shot, I'd give you the best opportunity that you could and get you to the point where you fully believed in yourself that you could step out there on the floor with anybody in the NBA and go head to head at them. Like, I know Kobe just passed and has been huge in the news and super sad. He was one of the, he was the best at like confidence, him and Jordan. I've spent time with their mental coach and it's unbelievable the, the mental strength and confidence that they have in themselves. They stepped on the floor every night never worrying about what a defender was going to do to them or who was going to guard them if anybody could stop them. It was what they were going to do to the defender. They were always on the attack and never had, never had a doubt in their mind that anybody's going to stop them. And even if they did, which I love, 
in Kobe, there was a time in his, his rookie year where he airballed like four shots in the playoffs. He's an 18-year-old kid. And most people would be crushed from that, like literally crushed. It's failure on a huge national stage, and you're supposed to be the next guy. He was just excited that that happened. He embraced it. He's like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I failed like that. Hmm. And that's another way of confidence that I teach is through redefinition. Redefinition of vocabulary. So our subconscious knows words. We grow up knowing words. You know what failure means. You know what success means. They have certain connotations tied together to them. Same thing within in basketball, like a slump. So a shooting slump means you're in a really bad uh, streak of shooting, missing a lot of shots. So I'll ask guys, when was the last time you were in your shooting slump? And they'll, you can just see their body language go, and they're like, oh, you know, it was a couple games ago, I missed six shots, I just couldn't, couldn't make anything. And then I'll ask them, and I try to make it as cheesy as possible for the reason, I'll ask them, when was the last time you were shooting hippopotamus? And they'll just pause, they'll be like, what are you, what? You stupid? <laughs> what are you talking about? And it just goes to show, like, it's that word that creates that negative connotation. It's mm. that word slump. But if we don't even use the word slump, we don't even look at it like that. Same thing with like failure. And a lot of the book, Pivot and Go, is about redefining these terms to find your confidence, to find your success. Like, what does failure really mean? I know people will say, hey, we want to learn from failure. And it's kind of like people will say that and post it on their Instagram and stuff. But really, do you do it? And it's, it's really true. And that's how Kobe looked at it. That's how Jordan looked at it. That's how the most confident people will look at it is no matter what situation that they're in, they're going to find something that, that they gain from. They're going to find something that makes it a, a positive. Because what is our, our life is uh, different circumstances. We're always in some kind of circumstance. But it's our outlook, it's our perspective on it what makes all the difference. And that's... Again, what the book is about, too, is, is being able to pivot your perspective. Looking at things from a slightly different perspective that changes your entire perspective. Hmm. I love that. So what are, the, what, what are some of the tactics that you offer uh, in the book? I mean, for listeners who, you know, maybe they're, they feel like they, you know, there's, this, there's a, uh, a valley between where they are and where they want to be, and they need to cultivate that confidence. Like, what are some yeah. of the, do you, walk, do you walk readers through, like, different exercises or, you know, ways of, you know, redefining certain thought patterns and mm -hmm. things like that? Yep, exactly. So there's 29 days, so 29 chapters in the book, and it's studies show different types of numbers to build habits, and 28's one that comes a lot, and it's one I've used a lot. So there's 29 days, so 28 days to make a habit. So each chapter is a different day, a different mindset pivot. It could be, for example, puzzles over problems, meaning instead of looking at something as a problem, you look at it as a puzzle. Mm -hmm. Every kid loved a puzzle and looking at it like a challenge, so now your problem because becomes a fun challenge. Or the younger you mentality, where you look at yourself as an eight-year-old, bring out your eight-year-old picture, so you're thinking, okay, what was I excited about when I was eight years old? Like, just a quick story on myself, last year, this is when I, it really hit me, was actually two summers ago when I was training, um, I had 26 NBA players in the gym which is a lot, a lot. And it was in the middle of July, and we still had about two and a half months of off-season training to go, and I was spent. I was going literally all day, collapsed at the end of the day, just dead tired. And I was driving back home from Santa Monica to Marina Del Rey, and I pulled over and, and sat on the park bench, and I was just feeling bad for myself. I was like, man, I got to quit. I can't do it. Like, this is, this is miserable. And I see a little kid and his dad walking by. Kids dribbling a basketball, probably eight, nine years old. And I just thought, 
man, eight-year-old David being able to coach 26 NBA players, I would be jumping up and down for joy. Hmm. So it just put me back in that type of mindset. So there's different mindset pivots like that, and it walks you through each, each day is a new one. And then at the end of the chapter, it'll give you action steps. So the action steps are really on like how you're going to do it. it. There's a place card that you tear out, and I tell you exactly where to put it, and it'll be a mindset pivot, that mindset pivot. So it could be by, one will be by your coffee cup, or one will be in your car, just daily reminders that you're seeing these things constantly throughout setting up your environment. So you see them constantly, so you stay in this frame of mind. So it walks you through that throughout the 28 days. And then the 29th day is your choice to make it a lifestyle. So I call relentless consistency. So habits are great. Love habits. There's been a lot of books on habits, everything on habits. But wouldn't you want to make a habit, make a bunch of habits into a lifestyle? Like that's when, that's when you know you're living, when you have it smooth and you have it flowing and you feel the lifestyle, like the genius lifestyle. The genius lifestyle. I like it. So what kinds of things, like what kinds of ambitions, goals can this model, the pivot and go model be applied to? Because I mean, the way that you're talking, mm -hmm. like, well, this could be great for somebody who's trying to turn their health around. Yeah. Is it, I mean, is it sort of all encompassing or did you have like something in mind? Was it more career when you wrote this book? Yeah, that's, that's spot on. A great question. And, <clears throat> excuse me, it's basically for anybody who is stuck in a situation and they feel like they can't get out of it. I had in mind that it was going to be catered towards more like people coming out of college or early 30s, mid 30s who thought they were going to take over the world but are now in a nine to five job and can't get out of it. So more for those people. But the more that I've given it to people to read and, and just, just, thought about it too is it literally could be for anybody in any kind of situation that they're stuck in. And I know it kind of makes it like, oh, that book, that makes it too broad. There's not much of an audience for it. But sometimes, obviously, you know, if you go too broad, then there's nothing and you want to go more niche seems, sometimes. Seems like there's a huge audience. Okay, great. Yeah. And that's perfect. I mean, so much, reason why you're a hype man. Yeah. Well, so, <laughs> so many people are working these jobs that they don't like, exactly. you know, these nine to five. I mean, dude, I, <laughs> my, my own two brothers are brilliant, you know, bril my, they're brilliant and they have jobs that, I mean, they, they love their jobs, but they also, you know, like, I think it's natural to want to, you know, at least intellectually figure out like what the next step is going to be, you know, and whether yeah. that's in the immediate future or in the, in the distant future, I mean, whenever we take a leap in our lives, like that's hard. It's scary. You know, yeah. it presents the potential for failure. Yeah, exactly. For failure, that term failure. But yeah, you're right. So it, it really is for anybody who feels stuck in a situation. We, we keep ourselves stuck in the situations we are in for exactly the reason you said, because we're afraid of change. We're afraid of what others might say. We're afraid that we're not doing what we're supposed to do. But it's once you're able to break free of that and live with the knowledge that, okay, you have, a, everybody has a gift inside of them, but it's their choice whether they want to share it, whether they want to show it at the highest potential that they can. And there's a lot of things that are going to tell you that you can't do it, specifically ourselves. And a lot of the book talks about that too, is a lot about self-talk. So the person that we talk to the most throughout the day is ourselves by far. And mm -hmm. how do you talk to yourself is going to make the difference on who you're going to be. Hmm. Do you find that people are prone to self-talk, to negative self-talk? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, even at the NBA level. Like, 
Wow. Ab- absolutely. Because we live in we live in a worst case scenario society. It's just who we are. I mean, it's how people are. And uh, some kind of study, I don't remember exactly the numbers, but it ended up being like 98.2% of worst case things that we worry about don't even end up happening. Hmm. But yet most of our time is spent in that kind of mindset. Wow. You know, it's funny. Like I, um, whenever I do TV, like, you know, the Dr. Oz show, Rachel Ray show, whatever, um, I, or, or even big talks or podcast interviews, like I never really feel at the, at the end that I've nailed it. You know, I feel like, oh God, I was like not fully on. Did I, did what I said (laughs) make sense? You know, was I rambling, blah, blah, blah. I, I feel that way every single time I get off of like a TV, you know, like a stage on TV or like finish a podcast. And I always like, I like very consistently, I listen back or I watch the clip and, uh, and I'm like, wow, I I freaking killed it. You know? And it kind of drives me crazy that like, that we're so inclined to, you know, be such harsh critics of ourselves. And I, I'm particularly harsh on myself, I think, but, uh, you know, and, and that, 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 you know, aspiration towards like, perfectionism which is a complete illusion but like i think in many ways it's what actually kind of pulls me forward so For it's sure it, it, it is a bit of a double-edged sword but um but yeah it is interesting that, that you're you know what you're saying is that even people you know in the nba like you know f- famous musicians i'm sure are the same way like it's so pervasive amongst people that you would otherwise think are just like confident 100 percent of the time yeah but if you didn't have that perfectionism in you you wouldn't have the same, probably the same drive you have to be great. You would just be okay with whatever the results were and you weren't studying or learning from yourself. One of the best ways to become confident is to compare. And I say compare in a way, not that's the Instagram look at how many likes people have or compare yourself in a bad way, but compare yourself to someone who is great. Hmm. Study someone who is great. Like I tell my NBA players to imagine that their hands are their favorite NBA player's hands that has, has ever lived. And then they look at their hands and then they, they see everything that that player went through. So now they are becoming them. So then when you feel like you've become someone, you can do the same exact type of things that you can, that they can. So, Confidence through comparing yourself to someone, comparison, and then being able to study and study and study, study yourself, study the great ones. And that's what, I mean, that's what keeps you growing and keeps you getting better at what you do. And that's, I mean, huge credit to you for you do that because you are, like, you are really well-spoken. I've listened to you talk. I've heard your TED Talk. I've heard many of your talks, your podcasts. I'm listening to you right now. <laughs> you're very well-spoken. You're confident. You seem very confident. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's uh, I kind of similar to, um, you know, I, it's funny because when I began this, you know, my mission and putting out, you know, health information, launching the podcast, writing my book, all this stuff, I didn't really, there was no precedent for what I was doing. I just kind of, you know, and to this day, I'm still yeah. like making, yeah, it, yeah. making it up as I go. But I can very much relate to what you're talking about when it comes to music because, you know, I, I don't think... M- regular listeners of this show might know, but, you know, most of the people who've picked up my book or have seen me on TV, you know, will have no idea that I'm also a musician and that I put many, many, many hours into developing, you know, myself as a guitar player, as a songwriter, as a singer. Like, I just love to do it. But I came from a place of not 
being able to play guitar, definitely not being able to sing. Wow. And, you know, even and well before I had written my first song, you know, I didn't even think that it was possible for me to, to write music. But what I would what I would do is I would study my my heroes, basically. Nice. And uh, and watch the way that they play. And I would just over and over and over again, just like I mean, for a, for a while, it feels like you're kind of throwing yourself up against the wall. <laughs> but um, but at a certain point, like things start to kind of come together and coalesce. And uh, it's a yeah, it's amazing. Like even when I was really bad, like I just I had confidence that I could get better. I had the confidence nice. that I could get better. You know, nice. That's a really good point, because think about it. You could have given up because you didn't have I mean, you said you didn't have the natural guitar skills or natural singing skills. I've heard you play and sing. You're Pretty dang good, man. Thanks, man. So you have really developed it, but you could have given up. And that's what most people do when something gets tough and they don't think it's like, oh, man, this is, should just come easy. They just give up. But it's ne- like it's never the right thing if something comes really fast. I always think of that, too. Like when people come to fame quickly or success really quickly, like I don't envy them because it's just going to go out just as fast as I can because they didn't put in the years and years and years of work to get there. One of my Favorite quotes, 10 years to become an overnight success. Like, Mm. it's so true. It's probably a lot more than that. But, I mean, that's just credit to your confidence and knowing that you can get there. And then once you get there and you're at where you're at, that confidence stacks momentum and stacks more confidence and more confidence. So what are some, in the book, I love that you talk about your morning ritual. Yeah. You talk about, um, you know, evening rituals and just like daily habits. Yeah. Yeah. What are some things that listeners could do? You know, maybe it's in the morning setting their in, their intention for the day yeah. that are going to help, you know, imbue their day with more confidence. Well, I'm really big on so with these these place cards that there tear outs in the book of of writing down what you want to be, the person you want to be, like daily affirmations. And and writing them down, creating them yourself and putting them in places throughout your house that you're going to constantly see, whether it's your refrigerator, your coffee cup. I used to put on my ceiling right above my bed. So the first thing I saw when I woke up every morning was play division one college basketball, because <laughs> that was my goal when I was in high school and when I was a kid. And it just drove me to that. It put me in that frame of mind when I woke up. And I think the biggest thing that we can do is have these affirmations that, that we read, that we say out loud every single day. I mean, morning routines are great, and you hear about gratitude and, and meditation, but, like, those terms are so generic, and I just, I just don't like anything that's generic or surface level. Like, it has to be deep, and it's, it's even, I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but when people say, oh, find your why, like, beautiful. Now, how? Like, give them some hows. And that's what I think this book does a really good job of, of giving you the hows to set up your life where it's a lifestyle of living it confidently to be able to go after your dreams, successes, and, and not just being stuck in the mud and feeling like you have no way out. Yeah. So walk me through your morning routine. Yeah. Morning routine. Pop out of bed, like just like pop out of bed while my wife's still sleeping for sure. I get in an ice cold shower three minutes right away, go upstairs, make some Four Sigmatic coffee, uh, some element, some, have you ever had element? Uh, the, the, the electrolyte. Drink, the electrolyte, drink. yeah. Drink that up, really good. So I'll have my, my favorite drinks that I look forward to, and then I'll sit for five minutes, and usually, to be honest, is not five minutes, where I'll just n- try not to think of anything. 
and then I'll be like so anxious to go on to the next thing that I usually probably don't go for five minutes, but I'll look at my affirmations and I have it in a book. I have mine in a book and I'll read them out to myself. Uh, there's about 20 of them in there. So these are, what are your affirmations again? They're, they're like, yeah, they're, th- they're things that put me in the frame of mind of who I want to be. Um, so one will be like, I'm a loving husband. I'm going to serve my wife will be one. I'm going to, how many people can I serve today? When I op- like, I have one that when I open every door handle, I'll say the word serve. So it'll put me in that frame of mind. I'll put, I am a great motivational speaker because I want to continue to be better and better at motivational speaking. So I'll have these things that I want to literally convince myself that this is what I am. Now, do you, are you writing that? Are you writing new ones every day, every Great week, question. every month, or at the beginning of the year? Like, and they, so they're just in a book. And like, how do how do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll write them my affirmations basically kind of whenever they come to me hmm. and I've compiled them over the years. So they are in a book. I also have the, the note cards I have by my coffee shop, coffee uh, pot. I have it on the fridge. I have it over by my computer. So I have those scattered around there too, but the affirmations will be in my book, but that's a great point. When do you write them? I'm also really big on, and my wife got me into this is writing down your goals in super specific at the start of the year. It's not the whole making new year's resolutions things, but you're going to write down your goals, what you want to get done, what, what you want to achieve for the next year in, in, in extreme detail. It's literally like speaking it into existence. Mm. So once, and I'm big on, once you speak something into existence, you can make it happen. And then you start telling everybody it because then it just starts to become, okay, this is what it is. Like two years ago, I wanted to write a book and I was going to, hey, I'm an author. I'm speaking into existence. I'm writing a book. I'm telling everybody that I know. Now they're going to hold me accountable for it. So Yeah, you can write them anytime it comes to you, but just make sure you continue to go back to the ones that you've written down. Don't do too many, don't get, because it can get kind of overwhelming to like, okay, where do I start? Just do one, do one, do one, put it on your fridge. Boom, sounds cliche, but do it. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like writing too many could be you're you're biting off too much. Yeah, yeah, like anything, yeah, don't don't bite off too much. (laughs) And when you go into... Yeah, morning routines. I know those can get overwhelming too. For I'll listen to some biohackers and optimization people's morning routines, and it's like, okay, now it's nighttime. Like, pick a couple things that are your go-to things. Like mine's a, like I said, ice cold shower. Have a great something that I like to drink. Read some affirmations. Ready to go. I love that. I do uh, every year for the for the past ten nice. years. Every single year I've done. Yeah, like I love I love the tip that your wife gave you because I've been, I've been doing that for like yeah every ten years I email myself a list of goals Ooh, that's for good. for the year. It's really good. Yeah, I think when this podcast comes out, I mean it'll be like probably April or something. But I th- I feel like all you guys listening, if you haven't yet done this, make it a practice every year. But even though we're not you know we're in sort of mid year, why don't you do just do it for you know the yeah. rest of twenty twenty. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Just write down your affirmations. Such an, another such a good point. Yeah. Start now. There's start no, now. there's no time. There's, you don't, if it's Friday, you don't wait till Monday. Just start now. There's no better time to start than right now. And I have that in the book. Hey, it's perfect. You nice softball pitch. There's a chapter called, there's no day on the calendar called someday. Like anybody says, I'm going to get to something someday. It's never going to happen. You have to put it down on the calendar and you have to start. You won't find someday on the calendar. No, it's not there. That's a great point. Okay. So you've got your, you've, you read your, you read your affirmations. You're like there thinking about them in the, in the, in the morning hours. And then what? So then you go to your computer and you start like going through your work and stuff. Yeah. Usually whatever kind of 
whatever the most important thing is that I have. And in my evening routine, I'll write down the three top things that I want to get done for tomorrow to make myself, I'm an accomplishment guy too, is sometimes it's a bad thing where I want to feel like, oh, I've, I did something. I accomplished it for the day. I got, I got something done. So I'll write those three things down and those will be the first three things I go for, whatever they might be, whether it's some kind of creative thing, a podcast or some kind of writing, that's what I'll do first. And then from there, it's basically kind of, it's kind of whatever's on the schedule. I'd, I'd like to say that I'm better at, at putting things into buckets and being, okay, this is my podcast day or this is my writing day. But I really find myself kind of being flexible and on the go and on the move a lot that I have to be able to, for back, lack of a better term, pivot in any situation. Pivot, pivot and go. Yeah, baby. Yeah, I love this, man. And how do, where does... Um because I know that you're also super into, you know, health and wellness and exercise yeah. and nutrition. So how does that all play into your, into your formula? Yeah, it, it all comes in there. And this book isn't really, I mean, doesn't really t- touch too much into that. I mean, a lot of the work that I've done with NBA players in the past has been that. And what I've found is that nothing, nothing can get done until you ha- are in the right state of mind, until you have the correct mindset and the mindset that you want to improve and you want to get your health where it's at, nothing, nothing else comes. I'll put, I put mindset, mindset slash confidence as number one for sure, and then continue to go down on the health, sleep number two, and everything else way, 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 way below it, nutrition then, recovery, and then the training. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where I stand on that spectrum is mindset and sleep. Just think really strong thoughts, get lots of sleep, you'll be great. What's the purpose of the, uh, the cold shower for you in the morning? So for me, personally, it's, it's a way to wake myself up, but it's also a way to say, okay, if I can get through this at the start of the morning, at the start of the day, the rest of the day is cake. Like it's, it's, it's a mindset thing for me. And there's, I, there's also a, a chapter in the book that's called the 18th second. And I did this study just on my own on things that I didn't like to do and how long it took me in that moment to get to the point where like, okay, I can make it through. And I always kept coming back to like right around 17 seconds. So I figured like somewhere in the mind, there's like 17 seconds that it takes until it triggers, okay, I can make it through this. And there's no like scientifical background research on this or not. So it could be different for everybody. I have no idea. But for me, it just really kept coming back to that number. And I know it's kind of been shot down. I can't really come up with a book with that number because there's that, that book that was a, a five-second rule or something. You, you count back from down from five seconds. It was a huge, some huge hit. Anyways, any, I digress. 17 seconds to be able to get through anything that you think could be a tough thing. So I want to start my day off with something like that to know that I've already conquered it and overcame it. That's so awesome. I don't do the cold shower in the morning, but I, uh, you know, I try to make my bed every day. <laughs> that, that's a win, exactly. <laughs> that's another book, I think. You make your bed every day, and they have studies that it leads to more people are successful, more leaders and Navy SEALs and presidents make their bed. Super so, important. Uh, yeah. In many ways, I still live like a college student. It's kind of embarrassing. But well, why change? Yeah, I mean, right. You know what you like. Why change? Yeah, I mean, I do like. I, I really like getting into a made bed. I just don't have the discipline to. I'm very. I'm super disciplined in certain areas of my life. Yeah. Yeah. But very undisciplined in other areas. I'm the, I'm, I'm the same way. I don't think we can be disciplined in every single area. Does your wife help you, like in the oh, areas where you're not? Absolutely, yeah. In the kitchen, cleaning in the kitchen, <laughs> that is not my wheelhouse at all. And she'll, yeah, she, she, she takes helps. care of it. She helps. Nice. I got to find one of those. 
Um, Wives? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one day. One day. We'll get you one. One day. Um, dude, so awesome, man. Well, I'm really excited about the book. Was there, over the course of writing it, because, you know, you've been so steeped in, uh, in, you know, self-improvement and, and, and coaching and teaching for so long, but like writing the book, was there anything that surprised you over the course of writing it or an, or an area where like, you know, while you were fleshing it out, you were like, wow, this is like really way more powerful than I originally thought it was or, you know, anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff actually. First off is that it doesn't take as long to write the book as it does to edit the book and everything else that comes with editing. Twice as long editing. The book just kind of like, I wrote them in just fluid time. I, I take an hour every single day, get on the treadmill, put my computer up there, walk while I, re- while I wrote, whether I wrote two words or two pages that day. It was going to have that hour, so I just committed myself to that. That didn't take that long. The editing process and going back over it time and time again and redefining it, which has been a blessing as it is, because the book that's, that started off is, I mean, it's still the frame of this, but a lot, a lot different. I mean, it's structured completely different as it is, too, with, for a better reason. So I guess just, I mean, going back through it time and time again and then reading things that I've written and that I've forgotten about that I don't use in my own daily life, I'm like, man, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Okay, I should do that. So the more and more I read it, the better that I sharpen myself and the better that I sharpen myself in being able to teach it to others too. Hmm. Super important. So reading, reading back your work is a big part. Reading back, yeah, is, is a really big part. You probably know, you probably had to read yours yeah. million, millions of times over. Yeah, what I do, um, and it's, it's a waste of paper, but it's a, it's, you know, I can't write without doing this. I, uh, you know, I, I would regularly print out my books and uh, and read them on paper because when you're Ooh, when you're nice. editing when you're editing on text yeah. on the computer you don't you tend not to get very far without going down like an editing rabbit hole where you just get stuck <laughs> on a little section and for me sure. with my writing I mean you know I don't know if you're the same way but I, I it could take me three days to write a paragraph you know if I'm not getting the wording right or if it's too convoluted or whatever so like so editing on my computer can be it's just not super effective, you know, whereas reading, it's a lot, reading on paper, it's a lot easier for me to have a 30,000 foot view of the yeah. entirety of the work and to just make small edits because you're limited, obviously, to the amount of editing that you can do with a pen on paper. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a good point, too. That's three days and write a paragraph. See, that would drive me nuts. Oh, yeah. See, I'll just, I'll write it. And if it does not come into me, I'll kind of just write whatever I got and then I'll go back and redefine it and redefine it and redefine it. But yeah, it's a frustrating process. It's a fun process. I'd definitely, definitely do it again. But it, yeah, it's a, ch- yeah, it's a challenge. So what about just going? I mean, the the whole pivot and go thing. I get the go, you know, the go yeah, confidently yeah, yeah. in the direction of your dreams. But p- the pivoting. So like, what about what's what advice do you have for people who are stuck in situations that they, you know, that are maybe kind of like sticky, you yeah, know, yeah. that are hard, that seem hard to get out of. So. Everybody's in, I, I believe that everybody is in the situation they are currently for a reason and a purpose. So knowing that first and foremost, that you're not, that you're not just worthless is, is huge. But also knowing that you're just a small perspective look away from what you really want to come, from what you're really meant to do. Like myself is a great example where I was so stuck on playing, like I said, that I was such a small pivot away from seeing that it was all I was doing was for coaching and that's where I was meant to be but it's just it's just 
taking, just figuring out how to take that step and how to make that leap. And once, once you see it and it will come to you, it's on, on a matter of time. And I, I believe it's on, we always want things now, but I believe it's on a time that's going to be better than we can even imagine. Then you have to, you have to take that chance. Like you literally have, you, you can't just make up excuses in that, okay, it's, 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 I, I might fail or something. I, you've got to take that that leap. And that's the hardest thing for people to do. Like that opportunity is going to come. Like I talk a lot about preparing for opportunity. Like everything that we do throughout our days is a preparation for an opportunity to come, for something bigger and better to come. And are you ready when that opportunity comes to take that leap? So it's, it's encouraging in the point that no matter what you're stuck in right now, you can get out of it. You can actually get out of it yourself. Just a small perspective shift. But the challenging part is, and I'm not going to say it's easy or everybody doing exactly what they want to do, is you got to take that chance. You got to be willing to fall on your face. You got to be willing to not care what everybody else around you says to be able to get to where you want to be. That's such a good point that, you know, one reason why I think so many people are on our you know, reluctant to take risks and fail, it's because of what other people are going to think of them yeah. or what they think other people are going to think of That's the them. better point. Good call. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I mean, what's that saying? Was it, uh, there was like a, uh, one of these quotes. It's Dr. Seuss, I want to say, but I, I, I don't know. It's like those who, those who matter don't mind and those who mind don't Ooh, matter nice. or something like that. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, I've always loved that line because it's like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I felt when I started, you know, down, down the health journey. I was like, I didn't know what my friends were going to think of me, you know, cause I, my life was very different before yeah. I started doing all this. I was like, you know, practicing music. I was, you know, on TV as a journalist for Al Gore, but I certainly wasn't, uh, you know, like putting out content that was exclusively health oriented. You know, it was about technology and it was all, all this other stuff, but I really didn't, I mean, I didn't care what my friends thought. I didn't, you know, so I, good, I started man. posting on Facebook and I was like, if you're, if you care enough to like, you know, want to discourage me from the path that I'm now, you know, like going to begin to step down, you can either come with me or not. But if you, if, nice. you know, if you're not down with it, then we're not even friends. Yep. So F off. <laughs> I love it, man. You know, I love it. Your true friends are the ones that will care for you and support you no matter what you're going through and going for. You're the epitome of pivot and go. Like, yeah. That was a huge risk. Huge risk. Yeah, because it, it's sometimes the hardest risk when you have something good going for you. Like when you have something good, the hardest thing is going from good to great. Like good is an enemy of great. You can just be complacent and stick with it. But you take you took a huge risk. Yeah. Paid off. I wonder what my friends are going to think of me when I tell them I'm joining the NBA. Um, your true ones will support you. They'll support me. I fully support you. They are probably going to be like, Max is on drugs. Um, yeah, probably that too. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. And it might take a few drugs to actually get to the NBA for you, man. <laughs> you think so? Like performance enhancing? Uh, a lot of performance enhancing, yeah. Yeah. But that's that's okay. so cool that you teach NBA players how to shoot. Thanks. That's literally the only thing I could do when I played. So that's is how. watching you shoot a basketball like watching like Da Vinci paint the Mona Lisa? Yeah, like, is ab- that? Yeah, absolutely. Like you'll, when we go shoot around, like your breath will be taken away and I mean, you just... Might be taken to a whole new, whole new world. Just, just like or yeah, there's a yeah light. Angels, unicorns come down. It's not trying to brag about myself, but that's really what happens every time. I want to see this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, not it's, quite. It's just so cool. 
And you had so, and you got to teach. Have you ever trained Kobe? Have you ever- never trained Kobe? I've been around his his uh, mental coach a lot, and wow. I know a lot of people that have been around him. But he was he was the ultimate when it came to training. Like he he was four a.m. He was that whole that whole deal. Is he one of the best? I don't know anything about basketball. Is he like? Mm-hmm. I've heard he was like one of the best basketball players that ever lived. Like, yeah, wow. top five for sure. Probably top three player all time. Who are like the top five? Jordan. LeBron, they're kind of like one, two. Hmm. Kobe will be there. Magic Johnson, Wilt Chamberlain, Larry Bird. Wow. And they know, like, this is all data. Like, it's backed by data, like the statement yeah. that they're the best. I mean, right? it's backed by a lot of data, but it's also open to interpretation. Like, when it, if you want to get somebody in an argument as a basketball person to just fire them up, tell them, ask them who's better, LeBron or Kobe. Or sorry, LeBron or LeBron or Jordan, and huh. it'll just go. It'll just go on and on and on and on. But isn't there? Aren't there figures like Michael Jordan has had X amount of three pointers? Yeah, yeah. LeBron's had like absolutely. <laughs> like it's like who wins the most championships? Oh, yeah. who gets the most MVPs? Who scores the most points? Who's a better rebounder? It's so. I mean, there's so many different variables that go into it. Yeah, I mean, Jordan kind of created his own brand and kind of brought the NBA back to revival. So it's it's almost like you can't say he's not the greatest, or mm. it's. It's like dishonoring a god, basically. Hmm. But Kobe was amazing. He was amazing with, with what he was given to him. He's six seven. It's not like he's a huge. He's not like a LeBron freak of an like beast strength either. But he was just he was like artwork watching. He was like the Da Vinci. Like he was literally like the unicorns and angels coming down when he was playing. It was wow. it was beautiful. Wow, that's amazing. And um, yeah, I mean, I I regret that I've. I've never watched him play because I don't watch sports. Man, but this is a whole new world opened <laughs> up to you. Jeez, you're gonna become an NBA nut. I mean, I'm yeah. I I was very touched by his death the same way that I was touched by you know Steve Jobs passing, Michael yeah. Jackson passing. Yeah. You know, it's like it's an icon. I think it's uh, yeah. When when an I when it's just it just goes to show you that time is guaranteed to nobody. Yeah. You know, like yeah. tomorrow's guaranteed to nobody. You could yeah. be mega wealthy adored by you know legion legions you could be you could have all the talent in the world and yet you don't you know you fall out of the air in a freaking helicopter you could be, <laughs> you could be walking down the street for sure get hit on the head by you know falling jet fuselage and like and that's it game over uh, yeah i mean shoot the richest man in the world is the same spot the poorest man in calcutta is at mm-hmm. the end of the day yeah it's so true um damn man well, I love chatting with you. Uh, anything else you want to add before we wrap up? We don't have that much time left. But. Um, I think you did a really good job. I mean, you're, you hit all the nails on the head. We talked about the book a lot. You, you showed me some basketball skill set that you have. Yeah. You got great confidence in yourself. I'm just, I'm just ready for you to pivot out of this health stuff and go back to the music. Oh, I damn. think that's what your calling is, man. I'm not going to pivot out of the health stuff. But I, what I if would... you sang about health? No. Okay. Yeah. Because the thing is, it's like it, it. For me, it's like a release of a different side of myself. Like I was when I was playing a lot of music, I was very. It was a way for me to deal with something else in my life that was that was yeah. you know troubling me, and that was like my relationship at the time. But I do want to find a way to bring music back in somehow. I just don't know how to do it. If any guys listening have any ideas, like because I don't think I could do it with my name. I think that would take away from my credibility for good reason. I think you've got to kind of like yeah. be serious when you're talking about things like health, which I'm on board, like, you know. For sure. And and you know, I love what I do and I'm super dedicated to it for life. But yeah, I mean I thought about maybe doing like a band or like an alias or something. I don't know. I don't yet know. It's coming. What the answer is, but I do love it. It's I love coming. playing music and you mentioned earlier in the sh- in the show, which I, I loved. I wrote a note to bring it back, but to nice. bring it up. But like, 
the process, the journey, how that's such an important, important part yeah. of this all, you know, like you didn't, you weren't tied to any outcomes or like, you know, it's not like you had this like picturesque, um, place that you wanted to arrive at. You were just loving the fact that you were like getting to get on airplanes and go and talk to like, <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's the joy in it. That's the joy. In because it. think about it, we, I mean, if you don't enjoy what you do every day, then what the heck are you doing? Like, it doesn't matter where you end up getting. We're going to get to different places regardless of circumstances that are set ahead of us. But if you, if you can't wake up in the morning and be excited about what you're doing, you're probably not doing the right thing. And yeah. it's not saying that we all can be at that point right now, but you can daily take steps to get there. And that's, I mean, that, that's really what it's all about. Like, how do you enjoy the daily grind, the groundhog's day of every day? How do you enjoy the routine? And how do you just, I mean, be passionate, like, excited about what you're waking up to do. Yeah, totally. That, I do feel that. I feel that. I'm so lucky. I feel that way Yeah. every day. And I feel that way about music, you know, just like getting better and better and practicing and whatever. Right. But you created that. You created that for yourself. And you don't care what anybody else thinks. True. Which is amazing. Not many people. I mean, we think that, but not many people think that. Yeah. People are too, get too caught up in what other people think about them. Exactly. That's another good thing about comparison, too. When I was talking about comparison to confidence, yeah. I encourage people to compare themselves to everybody just continually, continue so, 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 so much. Even compare yourself on Instagram and all that stuff until it, t until it makes you sick in the stomach to do it anymore. And then you'll realize, what the heck am I even doing this for? Because hmm. it doesn't matter. Yeah, but there's a difference between comparing yourself like to your to your peers and then and then kind of comparing yourself to your heroes, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Compare yourself to your heroes so you can learn from them and grow from them. Yeah. Compare yourself to them. It's like almost if you just eat way, way, way too much food of one type, you're never going to eat it again. You're sick of it. Try that with comparison. Hmm. I like that. Dude, well, this has been so fun, man. I got one last Beautiful. question for you before we get to that. How can, first of all, where can people buy your book? And then how can my yeah. listeners find you on social media? Okay, book, Amazon, everywhere books are sold online. It's on pre-sale right now. Comes out June 2nd is the official date it comes out all over. It's also on davidnurse.com. Uh, you can come to Max's house and steal it. <laughs> and you can find me, davidnurse.com, or on Instagram, davidnurse5, Twitter, davidnursenba. And yeah, that's pretty much podcast, the 1% podcast, Hey, which by the time this is out, yours might've came out probably. That was a, that we'll was a good see. It was, it was a great podcast and that's where you can find me. Dude, I love it. Well, the book Thank is you. called Pivot and Go. Beautiful. Pick it up, you guys, and support uh, David Nurse. And um, yeah, dude, thanks for being here. And the last question that gets asked to everybody is, what does it mean to you to live a genius life? Love it. And I think it, the nail on the head is creating the lifestyle that you want to live. Creating the lifestyle that you want to live based on, based on how you are going to improve yourself. So it's about making self-improvements, making the 1% self-improvements so that you can pour into others. So everything that we do here to create the lifestyle that we want, everything that we want for ourselves and ourselves isn't in a selfish gain way, but it's in a way that how do we get back? How do we help other people have that type of feeling? Like how do we help, how do we help others live with ultimate joy, confidence in who, who they are, and just overall passion for life? I love that. Max, amazing. Thanks, dude. You're great at this stuff. Thanks, man. Okay, so we, we, we didn't even talk about Magic Spoon. It's like the first time we'd ever even talked about Magic Spoon. On Are you a fan of Magic Spoon? Oh, uh, yeah. I, uh, I'll give you some boxes, actually. Yeah, Magic Spoon cereal. It's good shit. <laughs>
Good, good, good stuff. <laughs> good stuff, Max. Um, all you guys out there, thank you so much for uh, listening. Pick up David's book, Pivot and Go, and I will catch you on the next episode. Peace out, y'all.